What's happening, everyone? This podcast is brought to you by The Barrel Mill. Established in 2004, The Barrel Mill is a family-owned cooperage located in Avon, Minnesota. Their passion is coopering premium American white oak barrels along with their patented oak infusion spiral. Now, they work with hundreds of award-winning craft distilleries. And the Barrel Mill offers an array of barrels in size and char to fit your needs. Want to do a test batch? Check out the Oak Infusion Spiral, maximizing end grain exposure for full extraction in weeks. Not months, but weeks. These award-winning oak barrels and spirals are available at www.thebarrelmill.com. Start your aging process today, my friends. Check out the Barrel Mill. They do some great stuff. I've sampled many a whiskeys that have been aged in these fantastic barrels, and uh, they are top-notch. I will tell you that. Okay, so recently I went to New Jersey. I spent three days there, two of which I dedicated just to distillery visits. So I visited four distilleries in two days, and uh, I sat down with Tim Cother from Claremont Distillery in Fairfield, New Jersey, and Amanda Sapio, our East Coast contributor. So, uh, yeah, we sit down, talk about spirits. Tim tells us about his distillery, and uh, it was great sitting down with the beautiful Amanda as well. So, check out the podcast. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Thank you. Welcome to Life Distilled. Here we explore the world of craft spirits and introduce you to the people and products that are making this world a better place, one small batch at a time. It is Zen and the art of micro distillation, your window into craft culture and your connection to the makers, creators, achievers, and thought leaders who are charting a path forward, cocktail in hand. This is Life Distilled. So we're at Claremont Distillery in Fairfield, New Jersey. Correct. This is the first stop on my New Jersey distillery tour for Microshiner. And uh, yeah. So, Tim, what got you into distilling? Let's just dive right in right there. I, I got to tell you, honestly, I, I had worked in financial services in the city for 23, 24 years mm -hmm. and kind of got burnt out. And tired of getting up at 4.30 in the morning. And I was always, well, I always liked spirits. Um, and I did a little bit of home brewing. And so I was looking for something else to do. And at that point in time, when I was trying to transition, it was actually when Jersey changed the laws to promote craft distilling. So I looked into it. And you may or may not be aware, but Jersey's the fifth largest alcohol consuming market in the nation. Oh, wow. So I wow. was like, that's a market opportunity. Uh -huh. yeah. And so that's really how um, I got into it. I actually I befriended an individual, ironically, that had a distillery in Idaho. And he, you know, we got talking about it. He's like, New Jersey would be a great market. Mm -hmm. Why don't you do that? And so that's really how I got into it. Wow. wow. That's surprising because this is the smallest state, you know. Yes, but it, of... it, 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 you know, very large, pop, densely populated, yeah. stressed out population. Right, coming yeah. in from from New York and all that. You know, it's uh, it's funny. I mean, the alcohol laws in the state as well. I mean, they're new to me, I guess, coming uh -huh. from California, where there's restaurants that you can BYOB. Like yeah. I went to a Cuban restaurant last night and I walked in with a bottle of rum. And that's something you can't do in California, but you could do here. Um, I find that it's interesting, very fascinating. I mean, I went to I went to school in, in Savannah, Georgia, so mm -hmm. I get it. Like no alcohol on Sundays, or you know, when you where you could buy it and whatnot. But what are they like here? Um, the, the, the liquor laws yeah, you're talking. Yeah. I wish I knew. Right. I mean, it, it's so it's funny because certainly at the retail level, there mm -hmm. are so many different classes of licenses. Okay. Um, you know, there are club licenses. There's the obvious retail licenses. I'm not sure what type of license you need for BYOB, mm -hmm. um, but I assume there is a license that, that goes with that. But, you know, Jersey, and I don't necessarily know how it's done in other states, 
Jersey, there is a finite number of liquor licenses. Okay. And so each municipality may only, you know, have three. Okay. And if you don't own one of those three, it's not like you, you have to buy one of the existing three. Mm-hmm. So I think really with kind of the BYB, BYO um, is kind of to, you know, give these guys that don't have the liquor license at least a chance to, mm-hmm. you know, allow, allow to have patrons have alcohol. Okay. Okay. No, that's cool. That's really neat. Yeah. All right. Huh. Hmm. Okay. So... So you got in, you have a financial background, mm-hmm. got into distilling. Um, How many years ago was it? That it was you, 2014 when we started. 2014, okay. okay. Oh, yeah. wow. All right. That's so great. What did you set off to make? I guess, what was your, what you thought you could make the best bourbon? Or? Um, you know, bourbon really is, it's the fun one to yeah. make. And, and everyone wants to, to make bourbon. Um, you know, just because there's so much more you can do with it. Uh-huh. Um, but like many craft distilleries, well, what are you going to do while you're waiting for your bourbon? Mm-hmm. And it just so happened, and gee, ironic that the individual that I befriended out in Idaho, well, they made vodka and they make potato vodka. Yeah. Um, so we started off, actually, the first thing we made was our, our moonshine, which is just an unaged corn whiskey. Mm-hmm. And the reason we did that was because we were having some problems with our vodka still. We couldn't quite figure it out. Um, and once we rectified that, we started making vodka and we make a potato based vodka. Um, you know, we're now at the point that we do have bourbon, mm-hmm. but, um, and I much prefer the dark spirits, mm-hmm. but our vodka is really good. Yeah. And it's kind of become like a baby and it's, we'll always make it. And it's yeah. been very, um, very well re- received. So. Okay. Very cool. All right. Um, should we dive into one? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You can pour whatever you feel like. This is actually, this is just our plain, like I said, a potato-based vodka. Um, Potato-based. So you get the potatoes from your friend in Idaho? No. No. We actually get them from New Jersey. New Jersey potatoes. Okay. New Jersey, actually, southern New Jersey, there are a lot of potatoes that are grown, um, combination of Atlantic potatoes and Snowden potatoes. And those are actually potatoes that, for the most part, are used in making potato chips. But we decided to make vodka out of it. Okay, oh, so wow. what are the potatoes again? Snowden? They're Snowden, Snowden. in Atlantic. In Atlantic. Okay. And all of the ingredients for all of your products are from nature's. Um, right? Pretty much with the exception of the malted barley. Um, okay. That's a little bit more of a challenge to find. Like I told you, we, we have made a New Jersey single malt, mm-hmm. um, but it's not easy to get New Jersey single malt, and mm-hmm. it's exorbitantly expensive. Okay. So. Okay. All right. Um, so... Single malt, is that is that ready and out yet? Um, it's not out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's close to ready. Okay. If you'd like to delve into a barrel. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to say no to that. Um, okay, so let's go through your whole lineup. First mm-hmm. off, that vodka is fantastic. It is. That's really it's nice. Good. I like the body in it. I like when vodka has body and mm-hmm. flavor. Um, you know, it's like, oh, the cleanest, no flavor. I mean, I... I think spirits should taste like something. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, so what's the lineup? So, so you have- we have the vodka, which is Claremont uh-huh. vodka. Uh-huh. Um, we have, you know, the plain. We make a all natural blueberry. Okay. And what we actually do is we distill the essence of blueberry out of Hamilton, New Jersey blueberries. Most okay. people don't know that Hamilton, New Jersey is the blueberry capital of the world. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You, you can get blueberries down there the Mind size of blown. quarters, and they're purple. Wow. Yeah, literally, the company that we buy they grow twenty five million pounds of blueberries a year. Wow! That's um, and then we make a peach vodka with New Jersey white peaches. Okay, and, you know, people we talked earlier about being the Garden State. Mm-hmm. Um, New Jersey is the fourth largest producer of peaches in the nation, and blueberries. Oh uh, wow! I didn't know that no, about peaches. Pe- people I knew would not. But... People don't know that. But, yeah, but we well, are. Wow. And so that's why, you know, like I said, we, I have no interest in making whipped cream flavored vodka. Yeah. The reason we do the yeah. two flavors is because they're, you know, really native Jersey flavors. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. All right. So the two vodkas, the moonshine. I didn't put the peach out here, but we make the peach. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no, it's okay. And then we make a, a moonshine and the moonshine that we make, I mean, it's really, it's, it's an unaged corn whiskey. It's 80% corn, 20% mm-hmm. malted barley. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then we do 
two flavors. One is an apple pie, and it really does taste like apple pie. Oh, um, wow. And again, it's all natural using New Jersey apples. There's some other things in there. We then do a flaming cinnamon, S-I-N, because it is... This is a mythical creature I really can't discuss. <laughs> Very well known in New Jersey. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. We can't just skip over that. Is it something you really can't talk about? Um, no, it's it's the New Jersey Devil. Oh, the New Jersey Devil. <laughs> the yes. Team. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. I was gonna ask. It's NJD. <laughs> yes, but the, the Jersey Devil, which okay. you, you know is this huge. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Uh, uh, legend. No, no, um, let's hear it. It's basically Mother Leeds, who was somewhere down, I think it was the 1700s. I, I used to have the story on the back. Um, her 13th child, apparently, when was born, came out and flew up the chimney, you know, had hoofs and wings, obviously a devil, devil uh -huh. child. And ever since that time, there have been random sightings of the Jersey Devil. Wow! Throughout New Jersey, it's, it's you know folklore legend. That's but great. there are those that believe it. And if you go down to the Pine Barrens, huh. you know, the, the Pine Barrens, you know, an interesting place. Huh. <laughs> so wow! So it's like kind of like I guess Sasquatch. Exactly. Okay. And then Chupacabra. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Yeah, okay. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. When I when I first walked in, this was the first bottle mm -hmm. I saw, and I was going to ask. I didn't even think about. I just I thought like the Jersey Devils hockey team. Yeah. But it doesn't no. look quite like. No, there, there's a wine, <laughs> and you know, trademarking laws are crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and the trademark office doesn't differentiate between alcohols. And okay. So it could be considered trademark infringement if it was named something else. Right. 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 Got it. Yeah, okay. Okay. And then we, you know, we have a number of bourbons. This was actually the first one that we put out. It's a five grain bourbon, which okay. is a little unique. That's why I wanted you to try it. Um, you know, most bourbons are three grain, uh -huh. corn, rye, malted barley, mm -hmm. corn, wheat, malted barley. This is corn, wheat, rye, malted barley, and a little bit of oat. Okay. And the oat kind of gives it a fuller body, uh -huh. kind of softens it on the palate. Um, in all honesty, I mean, all of our bourbons at this point in time, when we first started, we filled 53 gallons because I wanted to be traditional and wait, right. uh, you know, numerous years. But a lot of our customers started asking us for bourbon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we did fill some smaller barrels. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, shorter age, smaller barrel, but you can get a pretty good idea of what, what it would be like in right. six, seven years. And it's kind of funny because literally all the barrels, the 53s that we first filled, they're all ready now, but it's kind of like, oh. Let's wait another year. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's a lot of fun when you just have those those barrels that you just kind of forgot about, you yeah. know? And you're like, oh, wait, what is this? What's it's actually like, this? <laughs> the first barrel we ever filled, I named after my son, and it's over there. It has a nice oh. little plaque on it. Okay. Um, and he was 13, and I promised him that we'll open it when it's he's 21. Okay. And he thinks he's getting the whole barrel. He may get a bottle, <laughs> but it's, it's his barrel. You know? <laughs> oh, that's funny. I think actually he's probably been sneaking into it by now. Yeah. Right. 17. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Would you like to try the blueberry? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's diamonds. I don't mean to, Tim. No, yeah. definitely. I I drink all my vodka, so. Uh, so, okay, so vodka, blueberry vodka, peach vodka, moonshine, two different types of moonshine. Three. There, Three. We have the plain, uh -huh. which, you know, moonshine, certainly plain moonshine is a little bit of a tough sell, but it's actually, it's a very nice kind of just unaged corn whiskey. Right. I mean, it's really like a cornfield in your mouth. Okay. So, yeah. um, we do make that. Um, okay, then bourbon, and mm -hmm. then your single malt, and the single yeah. malt is still in barrel. Yep, and okay. we actually, we have a number of different bourbons and whiskeys in various stages. Like, okay. this is our five grain. We do have a tr more traditional three grain okay. that is currently out on the market. Um, we have the single malt that some may say is ready. I want to hold off a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I actually don't have it bottled yet, but we have our moonshine that we aged for two years and once used bourbon barrels and it very light like a scotch or like an irish whiskey uh -huh. really good and that's what I, i'd like to then we have the single malt we actually have some straight four grain okay um we have a little bit of rye we, we actually did an experiment with the rye and we only did 153 gallon barrel of it and it ended up 
coming out so nice that we didn't even proof it down. Wow. And unfortunately, you know, the barrel was sold in a matter of days. Uh So, um, and, you know, one thing we're working on now, I'm not necessarily a big flavored bourbon guy, Mm -hmm. um, but we actually got a barrel sitting back there that Laird's was, it's the oldest distillery in New Jersey. They make Applejack. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they no longer distill in New Jersey. Um, But it's a, 12-year-old Laird's apple brandy barrel that was then used by an organic maple farmer in Vermont to age, you know, get get a little brandy-flavored maple syrup. And we just got it from him, and we're going to throw some whiskey in it to get, you know, a maple-flavored whiskey. Oh, wow. Now, you might know this. This is, uh, does Laird's, did they actually make their Applejack in Jack, by jacking it? Like actually in there? Originally, I believe they did. Okay. Yeah, which is, it's <clears throat> funny you mention that because most people, you know, you, you tell them j- about jacking, they're like, well, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. No, originally, I believe they did. Right. Um, I'm sure they don't anymore. Okay. Um, but, you know, if you look, they are kind of like the original Applejack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And that was, you know, a New Jersey product originated wow. in Jersey. Okay. So jacking. Do you know what jacking mm-hmm. is, Amanda? I don't. So, no. Okay. So jacking, just because I might even have it mm-hmm. wrong, but what it is, is <clears throat> you to make apple jack, you'd take like apple cider, ferment apple ciders. Then you'd freeze it. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, the alcohol does not freeze. So then they'd take the alcohol off. The, the match. Okay. They, they basically take the ice out, yeah, the which ice out. is basically the, the water, yeah, and you know various other parts of the mash, uh-huh. and what's left is your alcohol. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So they do that, and I guess it does get cold enough here. Oh yeah, free. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh wow. This is delicious. This is like blueberry pie. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and really and we good. actually, it's really funny because. Um, we we promote a drink, and in the summer, you know, at the tasting room, just this and a lemonade. And oh it's, yeah, it's just like so good. And it's, I can make alcohol. I can't make drinks, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I can even make this one. So, yeah. But that is all natural. It's all blueberry. Really That's good. really nice. So I know you you had mentioned earlier you started off um, in your making it in your house, um, and then not liquor. Know, don't don't no, no, yeah. don't, don't. <laughs> never did that federal government <laughs> yeah. edit that out um but uh so how how did you like learn how to do all of this? i actually i was really fortunate that when i first started i hired a really good young distiller uh-huh um and i it's funny because when when he was here you know i unfortunately was doing the paperwork and he was doing the production. Mm-hmm. I found myself spending more time in back of the production because the production is a lot more fun. Right. right. Um, so he was with me for three years and unfortunately got seriously injured in a skiing accident and oh really couldn't come back. But oh, I had paid wow. attention for three years. So I kind of took over that and simultaneously I'm actually working on my master's degree in brewing and distillation. Oh wow. From from Harriet Watt University in uh-huh. Scotland. So oh, okay. And so you know, cool. you can make it as scientific as you want or as simple as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but and it's kind of funny. I mean, it's that thing. Had they taught me this in high school, I would have paid attention. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and right. there's literally the first class I took was uh was it uh my, it wasn't microbiology, organic chemistry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm calling my daughter up at school. And I'm like, let's go through this whole atom thing. You know, can you stop yeah. explaining, yeah. you know, or cell, not <laughs> atom. Explain to me this whole cell structure, yeah, you exactly. know. So, right. um, but it's it's a really rigorous program. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like I said, I mean, you can make it as hard as you want, but it, it's, it's mm-hmm. fascinating. It yeah. really is. Yeah. And so far what you've learned there, have you sort of changed some of what you've been doing here or does it? Um, not a lot. Basically, things make a lot more sense to me. Okay. You know, literally like when, you know, um, dealing with things such as pH levels in your water, your bricks levels, Mm -hmm. you know, your various fermentation temperatures, this, I mean, things in, and then in the distillation, things just make a lot more sense. Right. um, Right. Rather than just kind of learning. But, but like I said, I, I got great hands-on experience from my, my former distiller. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's really cool. It's, uh, it's, it's funny because I, I mean, 
the people, so many different walks of life that I've met are distillers or mm -hmm. own distilleries. You know, yep. you said you have a financial background. Um, uh, another gentleman I did a podcast with, he came from a marketing background yep. and uh, they just wanted to get out of that, that office and just start doing something more with their hands. And it's, it's so funny. I mean, then I just did a podcast with uh, Two Bar in Seattle mm -hmm. and Maddie Kelly, she's 29 years old and she's has a chemistry background. Yep. She's been distilling there since she was out of college and uh, she's killing it. And, but it, I mean, again, I mean, the chemistry knowledge that she brings to the distillery is so cool. Yeah. It's yeah. Really neat, yeah. It, it really is. And like, like I said, I mean, there's just, if you do have that background right. um, and you really understand different types of yeasts and, mm -hmm. you know, if you understand organic chemistry, mm -hmm. you can really do some neat, neat things. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Uh, okay. Should we try the, try the bourbon? I'm, I'm going to no, make you try okay. the moonshine. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to make you try the moonshine okay. first. Um, I know in some of our, I was listening to uh, some of our podcasts over this week and a few of the distillers mentioned that when they had, you know, if they were in marketing or finance mm -hmm. or, you know, transitioning over to doing this was sort of, I mean, it was big for their families and all of that. How was that sort of transition for you? <laughs> I have a very understanding wife. Good. She's very, very supportive of it. I yeah. mean, my kids love it. Why wouldn't they? Right, um, right. But she, she knew that I had just gotten to the point that I wasn't happy doing what I was doing. And mm -hmm. I'd reached a point in my life that I wanted to do something that I truly enjoyed. Yeah. And I mean, I will tell you, it's not like I retired. I, I in all honesty, I work probably harder than I ever have. Oh, yeah. And I make substantially less than I ever right. did. Yeah. But it, it truly is. Are these? The oh, ones? yeah, it's okay. It, oh, it truly yeah, is, you know, becomes a labor of love. And right. I honestly, my wife thinks I'm crazy. You know, there are days <laughs> that I'll wake up at 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. And I'll know I'm not going to fall back asleep. And I'm like, well, hell, I'll go do a distillation. Yeah. And I'll, you know, she'll hear the car leave a quarter to four. You know? <laughs> so it's like, but she's been. Yeah. My, my family's been great about it. Yeah. And, you know, they, there's something incredibly satisfying about basically having an idea and see it come to fruition. I'm, you know, Definitely. not that my kids are buying liquor, but, you know, they go into a liquor store with my wife or myself and they see my products on our products on the shelves and they're like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Right? You know? Yeah. So, that's awesome. this is the apple pie. Oh, it smells so good. Oh, wow. That's really Ooh. good. That's, That's really apple good. pie. That is apple pie. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because like a lot of people they'll go, am I crazy or do I taste a little bit of crust at the end? Yeah, no, that's it's what I was just really going to say. It is. That is like. Yeah. Wow. It's all, yeah, I'm almost taking, tasting like caramel <laughs> on the top of it. It's like, it's so good. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm sure this is very popular this time of year. It's very, yeah. very popular. It's funny because like my wife, she literally is more of a wine drinker but now she started to drink bourbon but she drinks a lot of this on the rocks yeah. wow it's kind of like her go-to really drink really good yeah that's really nice that is really nice um okay so you started talking about the, the keurig cocktail yeah so let's dive back into that story mm -hmm. <laughs> what, what do you want to know um, so okay what made you first off what what was it you got into? It, and what... it was basically the the first ever single serve cocktail machine, mm -hmm. um, and frankly, I, I thought a brilliant idea. Um, and we produced the fifty ml alcohol packets that went in the machine. Basically, uh -huh. the machine you put in a fifty ml alcohol packet. You then put in a fifty ml packet of if you want a rum punch of you know uh -huh. the rum punch drink mix, and it mm -hmm. has a little reservoir in the back because that's concentrated with water. And you know, press a button in twenty seconds, you have a rum punch or a margarita mm -hmm. or you know whatever. Um, and so we got involved with that, and it was one, it was one, it's one of those kind of things that you know I, I think we learned. Gosh, kind of stick to your knitting, but it was. I think I and, and some other individuals involved here kind of saw all the stars and it's like, this could be really big. 
we probably shouldn't get involved in this, but if we don't and it gets really big, we're going to be really upset, you yeah. know? Um, and so that kind of took over the more rational thought yeah. that this isn't really what we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, FOMO. Yes. You know, FOMO <laughs> yes. is a thing. Yeah. Exactly. Um, no, that's, okay, so that's really funny. So how do you feel, what's your thoughts on uh, RTDs? This is a fun question I've been asking more lately. RTDs, for all you listeners, it's I mean, ready to drink. Look, I mean, there's obviously a huge market for right? it. Um, I would be lying to you if I told you we haven't considered it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it may be something that we, we've really started thinking about it this year in like May. And okay. Most of the, the RTD market really is more of a summer type market. Uh-huh. And we're like, well, we're too late for this year. Um it's probably, you know, it's one of those things, honestly, that we already are trying to do so much. It's like the thought of adding something else yeah. is almost overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's certainly something we're considering. And mm-hmm. look, I mean, it, it's it's a huge market. It's a huge market with the millennials, um, with the younger kids. I mean, you know, I see... I never knew what White Claw was. Right. And now you just, you know, <laughs> every, everyone 21 to 30 drinks White Claw. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah. it's it's something that we're considering. But I honestly, I, I try to, I'm more of a traditionalist. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of. Exactly. No, I, I go back and forth with, well, first off, a lot of distillers, but also Kobe, mm-hmm. the, the founder of Microshiner, because it's it's almost like the RTDs, it's taking the craft out of the cocktail, yep. you know? Yep. And that's really, it's it's unfortunate. But then I sat down with a gentleman at Alley 6 in Hillsburg, and I used to manage bars. And so I get it where it's like you show up to a party. Oh, you're a bartender here. Yeah. Here, make our, make yeah. some drinks. And it's, I don't want to work, you know, mm-hmm. I want to hang right. out and socialize. So, <clears throat> all right, get that, you know, old fashioned in a can, you know, pour it over ice. Yeah. Easy. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know. It's still, it's, it's very, when, uh, when craft distilleries start getting into it, it's kind of like, no, don't do it. Stay, stay craft, stay small. Don't, don't I, dive in that. Leave that up to the white claw. I mean, I, 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 and I, and I think that's yeah. the, the reality of it is, is that, you know, white claw is big and they're big because they've had huge marketing budget behind them. Mm-hmm. That, you know, like you say, leave it to the big guys because yeah. you you know, we'll end up probably getting crushed yeah. if you try to get into that market. Exactly. Um, so, uh, you know, it's been something we've thought about, but certainly haven't put any money towards yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. 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 But yeah. It's, I but mean, like I, you say, I mean, it, it's interesting <clears throat> because people <clears throat> definitely <throat> kind of want the ready to drink. And, and most of it is people don't want to make a cocktail at all. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I certainly don't. But right. I, I don't, you know, I everything I drink is basically neat or straight. Exactly. Um, but, you know, certainly if you're having kind of a cocktail party, I mean, I, I would be at a loss to be making, someone asked me to make them a whiskey sour or whatever. Right. And it's like, so there is the convenience factor. But I don't think it's ever going to, you know, be the big thing at the bars that you're going to get rid of bartenders because of the ready to drink. Right. Mm-hmm. You just, you can't mimic it. You can't mimic, <clears throat> right. you know, a truly great made Absolutely. Drink. I mean, it's kind of, another another story it's like okay you're going kayaking and stuff right but you don't want to drink beer you Mm -hmm. just throw you know some gin and tonics in the can you know and throw it on ice yep but it's also just different people like me i have no problem just throwing a bottle of whiskey (laughs) and a a paper cup you know (laughs) well it's it's funny because you know I, i obviously know people in various segments of the industry um and certainly, like, the, the White Claw. I, I have one friend who's told me it's his cider business has been killed by it. Wow. Oh, that, wow. you know, people that were gravitating towards cider are now drinking White Claw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I can see that. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think it's a threat to craft spirits. Yeah. Yeah, no. Huh. No, it's a different, very different market. Wow. Um, how has um, sort of, like, what is sort of the marketing side of, of this industry like how did you sort of start out getting the word out and it's really it's funny it's you know we call it kind of our our liquor to lips program we we don't we don't have big marketing Mm -hmm. budget um and as a result we do every event that we get invited to Mm -hmm. um 
you know, we give away a lot of alcohol. Yeah. But that's what you have to do. And right. it's, you know, every charitable event, you know, I, I had, and it, and it becomes overwhelming, um, you know, but like I had an event last night. So we do lots and lots of events, um, lots of store samplings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we try to get as many people into the tasting room as we can through various types of entertainments and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, and social media, honestly, is, is obviously the most cost effective, mm-hmm. um, you know, growing your, your Instagram following and your Facebook, um, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm not, the reality of it is, is even if we could like put a full page ad in the New York times and be, people be like, what's that? Mm-hmm. You know, right. there, there's, you know, there's, it's not like we're a known brand and mm-hmm. I'm not sure that it works kind of the traditional marketing advertising mm-hmm. type for mm-hmm. some someone in a startup phase right, right okay um with that with that being said where are you distributed we are only in new jersey only in new jersey and that's a a very conscious um decision at this point in time mm-hmm. and it gets back to being new jersey being the fifth largest alcohol consuming market mm-hmm. yeah if you can penetrate new jersey you're well on your way to building you know a successful business okay um and we're allowed to self-distribute in new jersey which we do do unfortunately it's becoming a little bit of a logistical issue now and i don't want to be in the logistics business mm-hmm. but it's nice to be able to capture that extra margin that you would give to distributors so we're in over 250 locations throughout the state wow. um you know and, and kind of generally the, the the bigger chain type stores were the, the wegmans the whole foods a lot of the Shoprite liquors total wine and more wine okay. academy right. um, oh, wow. and then um you know, when it comes to the on-premise type stuff, we're in fewer accounts in that, but we're very happy with the accounts that we're in there. That you, you know, it's not the, the corner bar; it's mm-hmm. you know, kind of some very nice restaurants and bars. Okay. And and that's a that's a much more difficult market to penetrate, and that's a whole different story. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, have you thought about selling like a direct to consumer? Um, well, we're allowed to sell direct to consumer out of here, mm-hmm. which we do. But you know, the laws are so kind of right. crazy. I, I frankly, I, I don't fully understand. You know, the laws, and, and you know, I obviously have attorneys that like to charge a lot of money right. to fi- figure these things out. Okay. Um, but it's, you know, we've been approached. There obviously there, there, there's some entities out there that are trying to promote craft distilling and you know marketing of it and mm-hmm. distribution of it um but it, it kind of gets back to just we want to make sure people in new jersey know who we are before right. we go anywhere else yeah right no yeah right. start starting your hometown no mm-hmm. definitely it's kind of what's happening with uh with cannabis but that's a whole nother that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> the Coming, next podcast exactly <laughs> I can tell you a very interesting story about yeah. that oh yeah I, I have some hemp infused oh yeah <laughs> really oh yeah okay. oh wow so okay you, you, what, this was actually quite entertaining yeah 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 let's dive in <laughs> I I, ha- I had an individual who um, who's kind of a regular here and he's an older gentleman and he calls me up one day and he's like hey Tim he's like I got an idea He's like, I got something I, I want to show you. And he basically brought up this little bottle and I smelled it and I, you know, tasted it. I was like, that smells and tastes like marijuana. It's like, it is. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? He's like, I, I, I distilled this at home. And he's like, I took Everclear and, you know, um, infused it with marijuana and then redistilled it. He had like this little water distilling machine and then wow. redistilled it. And apparently only the turpins come over, the THC doesn't. So you get the smell and the taste. Mm-hmm. He's like, I think we could do this here on a bigger scale. And I'm like, buddy, this is a federal facility. I, yeah. I can't have you bringing pounds of me. You know? It's yeah. like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> and so then he actually, he came back to me. He apparently has a friend who's a hemp farmer with some hemp. Um, and it's funny because you smell it and you taste it, Mm -hmm. but, but the thing is, is I think there is a market for kind of THC infused, um, alcohol, but I'm not sure if there's a market for marijuana flavor because, yeah, it's not necessarily the nicest taste. So if you're not getting that benefit of the THC, it's like, well, do I really want to drink it? Yeah. It's, it's really interesting how that's, I mean talking about RTDs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm from California in Santa Rosa, Sonoma County. It's 
huge industry, yeah. cannabis. Um, yeah. And Lagunitas partnered with a company, you know Lagunitas Beer? Yep, Lagunitas Beer, right? Yep. Yep. They partnered with a company, Canacraft, and they make uh, cannabis uh, drinks. Mm -hmm. So they're like 10 milligrams and they taste like beer, but there's no alcohol in them. And then, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And then they also just do like a hop flavored soda water mm -hmm. too. That's just Lagunitas does that. But but, um, but it, it has basically the THC in it. THC well, tastes like beer, no alcohol. Cause of course TTB is not gonna let that, those two, yep. you know, Well, it's funny, I, I was actually, I was talking to a friend of mine who's involved in all types of investment activities. And he was telling me that they have basically invested in a company that just does just that it's basically thc infused seltzer and he was like look you know there's still a certain stigma with with smoky marijuana this that and the other mm -hmm. this way you can go to a party and you you know you, you're drinking your thc infused seltzer who's any of the wiser and mm -hmm. you know there's not that stigma that may go with it right, right and he's right. like it's going to be a big business yeah and it will. yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah i was just at the the acsa conference and uh yeah and that was like, there's, and then I went to ADI as well, but uh, yeah, at both conferences, they had a big thing was cannabis yep. and how it's going to maybe affect the industry. Nobody really knows yet. Um, it's still so new, you know, with it. I mean, except for Colorado, but. Well, it's funny because literally, you know, my attorneys, mm -hmm. they specialize in, in alcohol. You know, mm -hmm. they have a whole group that's just dedicated to alcohol and alcohol laws. Well, that group now is also involved in cannabis and cannabis laws. That's yeah. you know, well, literally, they have a dedicated team that you know is going to try and decipher this. Wow! Wow! That's uh, yeah, that's it's fun. It's, really, <laughs> it's just it's so crazy to see how it's going to happen. What are the what are the cannabis laws in Jersey? Um, it's you know, it's still highly regulated medicinal oh, okay. type stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think like Massachusetts, I think is the closest state that it, you know recreational is legal. Oh, okay. Not yeah. that I, I would know, but <laughs> but yeah, Tim but New Jersey, yeah. but yeah, no, no, Jersey, yeah. Jersey's still highly regulated. Um, but it, it was actually it was supposed to go in front of the state senate this year. Actually, people thought it was going to be uh, legalized in in 2019, and I don't know what happened, but something mm -hmm. stopped it. Yeah, you know, big political debate. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because actually, like, you're already seeing some towns that are putting in zoning ordinances not allowing, that won't allow, wow. you know, recreational marijuana. Yeah, dispensaries, dispensaries and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Got it. Got it. Huh. Well, um, shall we try the bourbon? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> So. All right, talking about distilleries. Mm -hmm. So when you're when you set out to you know start a distillery, do you think is what's your end game? Build the brand to sell, scale to sell, or do you want to just I, I don't keep think it in the I don't think you can go into that with that being in your your end game because if you do, you're gonna fail. Yeah. If that's, mm -hmm. I, I think you go into it because one, you have a passion for it, you love doing it. Um, I love the thought of a legacy kind of family type business. Very cool. Um, if my kids get involved. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think if you go into it thinking that, you know, you're going to be the next uh, uh, Cos Amigos or whatever. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, there, there, there's only uh, one. Uh, what's his name? George Clooney. You want, there's only yeah. one George Clooney out there. I think if you go in with that type right. of mentality, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. yeah. You, you got to love it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I would love it, but believe me, long after I'm gone, I would love it to be a big business and, you know, onto a third generation and, yeah. you know, a picture of me drinking bourbon on, on some, you know, wall. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. That would be kind of. But this is actually, this is our five, five grain, which okay. I was telling you about. So it's a little younger than I would like, but um, you can get a good idea of it. Um, still, I mean, it's a great nose. Oh, wow. And we That's actually, really we tend to keep our stuff higher proof. So this is 88 proof, which for a young bourbon at 88 proof, um, it's pretty darn smooth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. That's no, really clean. Nice. That nice long really finish. Good. Yeah. Where where's the label come from? Tracks and rails? Everything that we've done actually has been tried or, or tied to New Jersey. 
Yeah. Um, and we were trying to come up. We, we wanted a train theme mm-hmm. for our bourbon. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, there's a lot of trains in this state. New Jersey actually has <laughs> New Jersey actually has more train stations than any state in the nation. And there's okay. a oh huge, gosh. huge train history in New Jersey. Okay. So we, we wanted to go with the train theme. The problem was, was every train-related name had already been trademarked. Oh, wow. You know, I, we, we, literally everyone we'd come up with, you know, we'd run up by our attorneys. Nope. Already gone. <laughs> and so literally one day we were, I was on the phone with our attorneys and a couple of my salespeople and one just threw out, how about we just call it tracks and rails and like, look that up. And like, yep, yeah. that's, that's available. Like, we're done. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's tough. And it's, it's actually, cause like, um, the moonshine obviously is a Jersey taint and, and even Claremont, uh-huh. um, is most people don't know the history of Claremont, but mm-hmm. Claremont is a very Jersey thing. And actually you're staying in Montclair. You'll see mm-hmm. Mon- you'll see Claremont street and you'll probably notice a lot more of them. Um, but there's a lot of historical significance to Claremont. Um, one of which was actually the first steamship ever to go up the Hudson was the Claremont. Okay. Um, but the reason that we chose that was because, you know, Jockey Hollow, which is not far, far from here, revolutionary war site. Um, George Washington was stationed there. And as you probably know, at one point in time, he owned the largest distillery in the nation. Yeah. He had a little personal still there that he had named Claremont. Okay. And so that's uh, where that comes from. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's great. That's okay. awesome. Ah, a little backstory behind the name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Very, Very cool. cool. And that's, you know, literally everything that, that we've tried to do is is stay true to the, you know, the state mm-hmm. when it's ingredients, names, um, you know, anything that we can basically get from New Jersey, we do. Yeah. Okay. And were you raised in this area? Um, here? Not in this area. I was raised a little further west, but mm-hmm. I, I grew up in New, you know, I grew up in New Jersey. I, I went to undergrad in, in Washington, D.C., and uh-huh. then I went to graduate school in Tennessee. So I've been around, but I always kind of come back to New Jersey. Yeah. Very cool. And I know you had mentioned you don't want to get it into gin, right? Mm-hmm. Do you use... You know, it's funny. Um, when we first started, everyone asked us, and, and you know, we'd been approached by every big distributor. Everyone asked us, you guys got to make gin. It's the next hot thing. Gin's the next yeah. hot thing. Mm-hmm. You need to get involved in gin. And I guess gin was the next hot thing, but it went from, what, 5% of the overall alcohol market to six and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... I don't know if this is fact, but I've kind of been told that we would actually need a separate facility because of the various uh, botanicals could seep into our other products. And I just don't want to necessarily take that chance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, huh. I I, I I never thought about that. I've been told different things. Like there are a lot of people that make, gin and make other things Uh but i've kind of been told because of you know the scope of of our um stills and whatnot the size that i would really be in danger in getting some of those flavors into some of our other products yeah no that's i I mean now that you think now that you mentioned that it does make sense like almost like bell rooms are separate from any kind of just you know distillery that i know makes whiskey and gin i'm like okay and then of course the still the different you know Mm-hmm. types of stills yep. you need wow that's oh okay no that's and it's, it's actually it's interesting because i i have a friend who's a vineyard but he's got some big connection to new mexico and i never realized about like new mexico grows massive amounts of juniper oh wow and so he's like all over me you need to be making gin with you know mexican <laughs> juniper i'm like right. okay yeah. you know huh and huh. i think there's also something too. i know you mentioned you don't really like gin so I think yeah, yeah, I'm not a. I've probably had one or too many hangovers. I <laughs> I, I, I remember when uh, you know Tongaree kind of first came out. And, you yeah. know, before it was out was Gordon's gin that no one drank, and you yeah. know when I was younger, Tangeray comes out, and it's like everyone's drinking Tangeray and tonic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my my wife would love me to make it because yeah. she really likes gin. But, yeah, um, you know, it just comes down to and we talk about it all the time. It's just 
you can easily overextend yourself. And I want to make sure that everything we make is good. I don't necessarily want to make a lot of things. Right. Make, but what we do make, I want to make sure that they're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they are. <laughs> yeah, thank you. No, very good. They're excellent. No. Yeah. No, it's, and so if you were to make gin, what would you use from New Jersey? If you Have you thought about that at all? What no. is New Jersey known for? That's a good no. point. I guess you can't really. You probably have to use the Well, that's all the thing. The I don't know if you can get juniper. That, yeah. I don't know. Can we get ginger root in New Jersey? I, I really don't know. <laughs> right, I, mean, no, exactly. I, I, I haven't even looked into it. And honestly, you tell me, is, is there a potato-based gin out there? I'm not sure. Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Well, I mean, as long as you distill it to what? What's the law? 190 so, proof. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 95. Um, then, then you could do. Then, as long as it's just strips of that, then you could yeah. use that as a base. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But no, I think a potato-based gin. I, yeah, I think it'd be a hit. It'd probably be a hit. It can be on to something. You're gonna talk me into making it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, I, I mean, I like, I like every spirit, you know. Uh, but gin, and again, like, I mean, I think you're doing fantastic stuff. So yeah, why mm-hmm. dive into that? And I also think um, I'm a firm believer in American single malt being the next big thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I really do. So and, and gin is gin is is fun, and it's because it could be so different, you know? Mm-hmm. People always ask, what's your favorite, you know, what's your favorite vodka? And I say, well, gin, you know, because yep. it's just, it's flavored vodka. Absolutely. And uh, gin is changing so much where you get like, you know, the London dry style, then you have more like floral notes, you mm-hmm. know? Yep. And uh, and it's, it's really fun how creative people are getting with that. But I think with American single malts, it's just gonna be, we're gonna be given, you know, Scotland run for their money. Here oh, I, I, I agree with you. I actually in in our pot still right now. Yeah, I have a uh, smoked cherry wood single malt. Okay, Ooh. that you know I'm getting ready to distill. Okay, it, 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 you know it's fun to kind of mm-hmm. play with those types of yeah. things. It, it yeah. really is. Um, but getting back to the gin, it is actually interesting because like I'm not a big gin fan, but I was actually out in a distillery in Wyoming, and they had they sampled me on some barrel aged gin. Ooh. And it was off the charts. And I went to buy a bottle and I said, sorry, there's, you know, it's only only in that barrel. We haven't bottled it yet. I mean, it was like something I'd never had before. Okay. It was really, really nice. I was like, that's What did really that taste good. like? Yeah, I can't really. Yeah. It's hard to describe. It definitely had a little bit of a, a caramel taste with the, mm-hmm. the juniper and whatnot. But it was just, it was really just, it was a very u- unique product. And it just, you know. The, the taste was really, really good. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. Never heard of that before. Yep. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, those are kind of like, and you know, you're seeing now people doing, everyone's, you know, everything's being aged in bourbon barrels. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can get bourbon, you know, vodka uh-huh. aged in bourbon barrels. Right, you know, right. You know, which is fun. And actually, like, you talk about American single malt and American whiskeys. We actually have a collaboration with Flying Fish, which is the largest um, brewery uh-huh. in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they're national. Uh-huh. Uh, where they gave us a bunch of the wort from their Abbey Double IPA, and we fermented it and distilled it. And it's sitting over there now. Okay. And 50, but it's a really... It's a really, really unique tasting whiskey. It's going to be really, really nice. And it's like something you... you never had before and it's funny we were talking about san francisco earlier i went to a distillery out there and they started as a brewery and they were still a brewery but they were now making whiskeys from their various uh Uh, mash bills mm -hmm. and i had some whiskeys that they were so unique and just really really good but like nothing you'd ever tasted before Mm -hmm. wow yeah no it's 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 a big thing is uh the whole you make something delicious and bottle it. Yep. And then you distill it and it's, you're going to concentrate that delicious, you know? Yep, exactly. It. So uh, that's that's a really, really fun thing. There's a distillery in San Diego, San Diego Distilling. Um, San Diego Distillery. I got I got yelled at on the podcast. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's all he does because there's so many breweries around San Diego that he'll just go there and maybe they have 
it's not doing as well as they anticipated, so yep. they'll give him a couple of kegs of it and he'll bottle it and he sells everything in 375s. And he has like probably 20 different five gallon barrels and they're all something different. Like, and that's the thing that's it's just mind blowing. Like all those little, so like, that's it. And, and that's, you know, <laughs> that honestly to me, that's kind of the, the true craft mm-hmm. is, you know, doing unique types of things and that's why we wanted to do a five grain which was the first thing we came out with just because yeah. there aren't any out there mm-hmm. we wanted to do something different yeah and, you know that's things that we continue to explore that's why we did the flying fish thing you know the, the new jersey single malt mm-hmm. um you know we do make a, a traditional three grain but it's kind of you know it, it's tough to to compete with jim beam and blanton's yeah. and you know yeah. elijah craig and all these other guys right. you got yeah. to do something different uh-huh yeah yeah. Hmm. Wow. Was this the first time you had done a single malt? This one that you have here? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. It's very cool. Yeah, so, there's so much variation. So when is that coming out? <laughs> Probably within a month or so. Oh, soon. <laughs> awesome. That's exciting. Yes, no, it's, it's, okay. it's very, very close. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's very close. Um, yeah, we might have to might have to get a thief out and yeah, dive into exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. We can do that. Um, we can do that. Okay, cool. Well, uh, let's let's sign off and go do that. But first off, let's give shout outs. So, when are you open? What are your hours? Um, we never turn anyone away. Okay, <laughs> um, I'm pretty much here all of the time. Our posted hours are basically six to ten on Fridays. Okay. The reality of it is, is we're here all day, and we're open from three to ten on saturdays uh the rest of the time's kind of by appointment but like i say um you know we we never turn anyone away okay. and this is the thing we're allowed to be open till midnight so if people are here at 10 and they want to stay till midnight we stay till midnight okay mm-hmm. so great awesome so pretty much just uh come by tim's at five in the morning and he'll be here by <laughs> <laughs> yes i will yeah <laughs> and drink some uh, drink some moonshine uh and then come by at midnight and, uh, no uh that's awesome well uh cheers let's get a thief out and that's the sounds good about- yeah, i really appreciate no, you coming well, here thank you welcome Tim. to new jersey no, it's been a lot of fun it's been thank a lot you. of fun cheers guys cheers. Cheers. little drops Sorry, i have I left exactly i know right i have like a little swig <laughs> All right, wasn't that a fun podcast? Thanks again, Tim from Claremont Distillery. And thank you to the beautiful Amanda Sapio for making the drive out to Jersey from New York. It was a lot of fun. Thank you both. And thank you to The Barrel Mill. Check out thebarrelmill.com to browse their selection of barrels that they have in different sizes and char to fit your needs. If you don't need a barrel, check out their Oak Infusion Spirals. They're pretty awesome. You can age stuff at your house if you wanted to. Anyway, thebarrelmill.com. Check them out. And be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast and support us on Patreon. That's how we do this. You support us, we give you stuff like this. Love you guys. Bye-bye.